Welcome to the Mixing Babies and Business podcast, where parenthood meets professional development. We'll be covering all things business, flexible, and remote work with kids. I'm your host, Amy Lynch, and I'll be interviewing inspiring guests who've been showing up as their full selves as parents and blurring the lines between their personal and professional lives. Visit mixingbabiesandbusiness.com to join our movement of parents seeking to invest in themselves alongside their kids. Our next guest on the podcast is Kevin Bourne. Kevin is a dad of three and an entrepreneur, freelance journalist, and media personality. He is co-founder and editor-in-chief of Shifter Magazine and is co-founder and CEO of PR and content marketing firm Shifter Agency. He's a board member at the Ottawa Music Industry Coalition and Ottawa Film Office and was recently named to Ottawa Life Magazine's Best of Ottawa Activists and Changemakers list. Our conversation took place back in October, and since we're both doing remote school for our kids, you may hear some voices in the background. In our second episode with Kevin, we talk about becoming a remote school tutor and how his workflow has changed based on his family's needs, using creativity as a form of protest, and how his children are being influenced by the work he's doing. Let's get into it. My next question was related to the pandemic, so I'm glad you brought it up because... A lot of people have had to adjust their workflow during COVID. So you said you're you're okay with your kids running in the background or coming into your Zoom meetings, but like how? Let, 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 me, let, me, let me say I'm, I'm getting there. Like I'm getting there. Like I'm not fully, but I think, you know, just talking to my wife, like, you know, she's been realized it's okay. Like it's not a big deal if your kid shows up in their Zoom meeting. Like it's not. When I was going to events before, I would always say like contact the event host in advance, let them know, especially if it's not advertised as child-friendly. And I would usually check the venue to see if there was an accessible washroom. Like if I was bringing a stroller in, am I going to even be able mm-hmm. to get into the building? Can I change my kid? And I wouldn't let that hinder me if there wasn't that. But I would always try to check in advance because I didn't want to be turned away at the door. And that never happened. But now that things are mostly online, I feel like you could say that at the front of the meeting. But also I feel like you don't, you shouldn't feel like you need a disclaimer right now, but your workflow may have changed. I don't, I don't know how yours is right now, but um, it's really hard for a lot of people to work an eight hour day when their kids are at home all the time. So how has your, your workflow adjusted for your family? It's been interesting just because, you know, even when you're, when you're kind of scheduling your time, like you have to kind of schedule, you know, time around their breaks. Like they have, obviously they have, they have lunch, lunch periods. And so, you know, to make sure that, you know, I don't schedule anything around their lunch breaks or even that, you know, even just right, right before like our, uh, our interview, just talking about, you know, having to have to, have to now in since be my, my son's French tutor because he's kind of struggling with French a little bit. And so I've been kind of go, go, go the past few weeks, even though they've been home. And now I'm realizing, okay, I got to slow down and now be the French tutor and be the French, you know, at home to help him, you know, and, and I like go, go, go. Like I'm very much a a doer. So to have to like, just even thinking about having to slow down to now teach my son French or to help him through French. Like that's a little, that's, that's kind of like, Oh, I was a stay at home dad with all three of you. Like I, I kind of feel like, you know, I did my time. Like I, (laughs) I was at home with all three of you. Like I, I, you know. So kind of going back to that place where I have to kind of shape my schedule around them, like that feels a little bit uncomfortable because I did that for like a good 10, like almost 10 years between all three of my kids. So, but I mean, it's, it's I also appreciate, I like having them at home though. Like I like the fact that they're at their home and that we're in, we're close, you know, we're close to each other. I like the fact that, you know, when they're on the call, they can call for me. Like if, it feels nice to kind of be there for them, even though at certain times it, it is challenging and I mean, the good thing for me is like my work is flexible. Like I'm, I'm my own boss per se. Like I do have a lot of deadlines because I'm writing articles and creating content and stuff. 
but my schedule is flexible enough that there's nobody who's like, I don't have a boss who's telling me, hey, Kevin, you got to submit this by five o'clock. So I have the flexibility to kind of tend to my children or my wife whenever I need to. So yeah. So are you taking any weekends off or evenings or do you find yourself working on those? I do find myself at times working evenings because I do some coaching on the side as well. And so a lot of my clients are available in the evening for coaching. So that's been, um, it's been interesting just to have to, yeah, I've had to spend some evenings on Zoom calls with, you know, coaching clients and stuff like that. Luckily enough, there's no events happening. So I don't have to go out. I don't have to spend my weekends at events, which is nice because there was a good stretch of years where like on weekends, I'd be always at a different event, covering it, networking, that kind of stuff. So because there's been no events, like I literally spend my Saturdays and Sundays, like at home, watching Netflix, exercising, like a lot of the self-care stuff that I wasn't doing when I was a full-time parent, because like that, I really let the self-care part go to the wayside when I was at, at, with all my children at home. But now um, I've really just taken, I, I, I love weekends. Like I take my weekends now and I, yeah, I'm watching Netflix, I'm exercising, going for runs and just make sure, making sure that I'm okay so that when I attack the week again on Monday, like I'm rejuvenated and, and whatnot. So something I aspire to do, but right now we're in, like I'm in what you were in 10 years ago. So <laughs> yeah, I want to go back to your content that you're creating and the fact that you created this past year, you published the first annual Outstanding Black Men in Canada list for 2020. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to push for things that you're not seeing currently and you want to change the narrative. And I was wondering if you have any advice for other people working to create change, but maybe don't have anything to relate to and are maybe kind of forging a path that others haven't gone yet. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, I, I'm a big believer in just like redefining what's possible and challenging what's impossible. And so, you know, I'm always a fan of just, you know, break, just really breaking new ground. Like someone has to dare to break new ground. And there's a bravery that's, that, that's kind of required in order to do something new. You know, I'm, I'm someone in the past that was very shy and introverted. So for me, to st- standing out was kind of a challenge. But I've also now I'm on the other side of that and I'm seeing how like when you kind of get that bravery to kind of step out and and challenge the status quo and challenge the narrative, it makes life it makes life better for so many other people. Like the level of level of fulfillment, like this past year is probably the most fulfilling I've ever had professionally because I've been able to like help people. Like you know, creating that that you know the outstanding Black men in Canada list. There's people that never got um that never got you know acknowledged for their work and who are really just thankful. Like there was one person on the list. Um, it was a, a rapper who had just who had been murdered um, in the Byward Market uh, trying to protect his daughter. And you know, he and someone someone nominated him, and then we had like we had judges from across you know from different cities in Canada, and everybody voted for him to be in. And so it's funny because like right when we had when we published the list, they were like his family were, were just were about to buy his tombstone, and they ended up putting like outstanding black man in Canada 2020 on his on his tombstone, and they were really like thank you for. Like I almost kind of like put a period on his legacy. Like, and I never met him before, but to know that somebody's tombstone now says "Outstanding Black Man in Canada" and his family are, and friends are so thankful, I'm like, wow. Like, imagine if I didn't have the courage to launch out and do that list. You know, that period on his legacy wouldn't be there, and just the closure that I've been able to help his family, his family get, has been outstanding. So. Yeah, I encourage people just, you know, be brave and just challenge be, and be creative. Like, there's no limit to the impact that we can have. You know, there's no there's no limit. Like, I'm the kind of person where I enjoy creating new things where, where, where there was nothing before. And 
yeah, I think Ottawa is the perfect city. Like, there's not like there's not a lot of things. We don't have as much things as as other big cities like a Toronto or an LA. So I think Ottawa is the perfect place to create. It's the perfect place to fill gaps where you see gaps. Like, I think Ottawa is the kind of place where instead of complaining about stuff, it's like just do it because probably nobody's done it before. Whatever you're thinking, nobody's done it before probably. So there's an opportunity here. There's an opportunity to have impact in Ottawa that. I don't know if it's there in bigger cities where things have already been done before. So One of my favorite quotes, I can't remember the person who said it. I'll have to look it up and put it in the notes, but it's the best way to complain is to make things. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's the idea of like creative protest. Like, and it's funny because I literally before that, I was saying to myself, like, I'm not I'm not an activist. Like I, I, was, I was saying for like so long, like, I'm not an activist. I'm not an activist. I went to the rallies, but I'm not one of those like activisty types. But I realized in creating that list, I was being a type of activist. And I ended up getting on some like Ottawa Life magazines, like was it top uh, activists and change makers list because of the the Black Men's list. And I realized all this time I was saying I'm not an activist, but then I ended up getting you know on this list for that exact purpose because of because of, of what I created. So I realized that you know activism and protest and change looks different for other pe- for, for different people. For some people, maybe you know picking up a sign and whatever so for some people it may be creating a song and protesting through a song for me it was just it was a list you know and and trying to change the story so i think that's brilliant and and for some people i think it's just showing up and being in the room or being as a witness to the conversation not even leading the conversation just sometimes mm-hmm. showing up where people like you haven't been before and making a point that you should be included mm-hmm one of my questions is about your children and you mentioned the gentleman on your list leaving a legacy and that list being part of his legacy now whenever you're doing your work do you think about the kind of world you want your children to inherit and what kind of legacy you want to be creating for them i don't think a lot about the kind of world i want them to be living in i'm still thinking about the kind of world i want to be living in you know and that's kind of that's where my focus is it's always like what's the what's the world that I want to be living in? Like, what do I want my legacy to be? And I think my children will benefit from that. I think that's one thing with parents. It's like, you know, I, you know, sometimes I hear parents talking about, you know, I did it for the kids. I did it for the kids. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't necessarily do things for my kids. Like I, I, I'm still doing things for me and for the world I want to be in and they'll, and they'll benefit from it. Yeah. So that's kind of where, that's kind of where I'm at. But I, yeah, I realize that they're, they're, they're going to naturally, benefit like they're going to learn from the things that i do they're, they're observing like like i was in the i was in the ottawa citizen yesterday right? the big my pick my big picture and my kids are like oh wow daddy's in the paper and that and i realized for them like they're growing up like for them like they'll they, they see oh daddy's on ctv today oh daddy's on the paper oh daddy's meeting with the mayor today and so their ideas of what is possible is totally different like for them those things are normal like having you know certain people come to our, our place is normal for them and that in itself is the impact I want to leave them. Like I always say, that I, you know, like I want to teach my kids. Like I don't want to teach my kids to one day go find a job. Like my legacy to them isn't going to be go find a job. It's going to be live your dream. You know, that's what I want them. Like they see me living my dream and I want them to be like, yeah, like I can live my dream. You know, like my, my kids, you know, I was at the Junos one year and my, my youngest son was watching the Junos and he's like, and my wife was like, oh, that's where daddy is. And he's like, oh my gosh. He's like, so if, if, if daddy's there, he's like, so can we go to, he's like, so can we go on the, the, the orange carpet for the Nick, Nickelodeon Awards? So his mind is now like, oh, we can, we can go here. We can, we can go here because daddy went there. Right. So it's like, they're thinking, they're thinking so much bigger just because of some of the stuff that I've been doing. So I'm in a sense, just through what I'm doing, I'm creating a new normal for them. And that for me is the legacy. Like I hope hoping that one day they 
they decide that they want to do something spectacular with their lives. Like they already say, like they my, my sons always say, they, they already say, like when I grow up, I don't want to have a job because I want to be like daddy. I want to be, I want to be able to be at home with my with, with my kids. That's what my kids are saying from now. They want to be able to have the, the flexibility to be at home, and they're like ten and seven, so they're seeing that oh, daddy, daddy can come to my assembly at school. Daddy can come like to daddy can be the the the, the, the parent chaperone on, on my trip because he works for himself. So they've already they've already made those kinds of connections in their mind. So when they grow up, they're like, we want to do something that allows us that freedom, you know? Thanks again to Kevin for taking the time to chat with us about how his family life has changed and the impact his work is having on the lives of others. Our next episode will feature the final part of our conversation where we're talking about how he's investing in himself with professional development and what he wishes someone would have told him in the early days of being a primary caregiver. Check out Kevin and his work at shifteragency.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your network or leave a review for us. You can access more parent-friendly professional development by signing up to our newsletter on our website at mixingbabiesandbusiness.com. Thanks for listening.